There's space over here on this side for anybody who wants to join. Let's get cozy. So come a little bit closer. Come a little bit closer, and let's fill in the circle on this side. We don't want anybody to be lonely. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it looks like we have people coming in there, so if you guys want to rotate a little. Perfect. So as we mentioned before, uh, we did do a survey last time to make sure that everybody would be okay um, with us recording the audio from the Q&As and publishing that. So again, if you do want to be um, edited out, just come and let me know if you don't want your voice included, um, and we'll make sure to make that happen for you. Uh, also, please, um, Hasna is going to be doing duas at the end of this, so please let her know any requests that you may have, um, or you can go ahead and write them down and hand them to me right now. We do have Super Smash Buns um, available right after, and they are delicious, uh, and donate 10% of their proceeds to us. So I encourage you afterwards to eat, talk, chat, and you'll also be supporting the mosque. A lot of things being accomplished with one delicious meal. Um, if you haven't already joined our text group, um, go ahead and text the symbol at Best Mosque to 81010. Um, and I just send out texts the week of events um, as reminders, kind of make it easier to RSVP. I know sometimes if it's on your phone, you just, you're more likely to do it. Um, and we have that information at the back as well in case you need that repeated. Um, a friendly reminder, if we hand you the mic during our discussion circle, please make sure that you are either asking a question about the chutta or sharing a reflection. We have a no announcement policy during our discussions in order to stay on topic um, and to make sure that this is that middle ground inclusive space that we spoke about. A second friendly reminder about supporting women, Muslim women's voices. If you're here as an observer or a supporter as, instead of as a congregant, we ask that you please hold your questions to the end so that we're able to give priority to our congregants uh, in sharing their voices. Finally, some of you were here last week for our overcoming voicelessness, or last month, sorry, excuse me, um, for our overcoming voicelessness workshop. So if you were part of the workshop and you put down a one, two, a two, or three, or if you're a woman, a lady in here that feels that you do not speak up maybe as often or you find yourself to be a little bit more shy, we want to hear your voices today. So I encourage you um, to take this time to grow and practice speaking up. So to moderate our Q&A today, we actually have Trevina back. I'm very excited about this. So we're going to, Trevina's going to come up and take over. Yes, she is. To moderate this circle for us. Yes. <laughs> very exciting. All right. There you go. Okay. Well, I was like, oh, I'm just going to sit down. This is nice. Sit down. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Oh my gosh, so many beautiful faces. Woo woo, yay. The first um, Juma after that election, one time. Woo, we're here, we made it. No one got attacked? Right? I'm asking, no? Did anyone get attacked? That's a positive, alhamdulillah. Maybe it's not as bad as we thought. I don't know, this is my face. Do you know if like you fake a smile? Like your brain doesn't know that it's not a real smile, so it will send like, is it like, what is it, the endorphins of the dopamine to your brain? Like, oh, I'm in good spirit. This is what she's got to do. I've gone, what, two days without crying. Woo, victory. Yay. It's great, it's great, it's great. So anyway.
Anyways, on that note, sisters, um, take a moment. Let's look to someone to your left and right. Give them a hug. Say greetings. Give them salams. Greet your sisters. Welcome, everyone. Hey, welcome you. Welcome you. I like it. So like it. How y'all doing? Is anybody here for the first time? First time. First timers. Welcome. Salam alaikum. Warm salons. Welcome. And you're a first timer? First timer? Sorry, I'm a hugger. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming. You made it out. That's fantastic. Okay, so what we do is this is the QA circle. We ask questions to the Katiba about the Khutbah, and then we share. It's a safe, loving space. And again, if you don't want your questions or your voice recorded, you can just let us know at the end. Okay, so without further ado, any questions? First-timers have questions? Maybe shyer sisters have questions? Yes, our first one! Yes, you win the prize. Here you go. Assalamu alaikum. How are you doing? Uh, Assalamu alaikum. I don't mean to be like Debbie Downer, <laughs> but um, I'm having a very hard time finding the, the hopefulness that, that you're speaking about, and I, I really aspire to it. But um, I mean, the irony for me is I'm not from this country, but I walk down the street and everyone assumes I am. And so the part that I'm struggling with to my sisters of color is that for the, I feel like I, I worry that people look at me and think that I, I feel that way and, and I don't. And so I'm just having, I'm not a person of color. I don't experience what you all experience every day, but I'm, I'm having a very hard time. And I'm, I feel so sad for all you wonderful sisters here and what you have lived your whole lives and what you're living now. So when you see people that look white, please don't assume that we all feel that way. And I, I, what advice do you have for trying to get to that place of hope? Because I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm there now. Sorry. And I'm just going to say, take your time. Because we all go through these cycles at our own timeline. We don't have a specific, we can't say, you know, it's a week and you need to get over it. Take your time. Whatever you're feeling, it's real, and you need to accept it and let it, let it go through because it'll turn out to be, it'll help you in the long run. So don't cut yourself short. Surround yourself by people that love you, that you love, and let these cycles of emotions go through. I mean, we don't know what to expect. We're trying to do our best. But um, just know, I mean, I love you. Assalamualaikum. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm just going to add on to that. I think as, in my experience, this is one of the most racially diverse masjids, congregations that I've been a part of. It's my first time here. And thank you. And I think it's important to recognize that um, what role we all play in supporting one another and also recognizing how this election and also just in general what life is like in the U.S., in this world, as minorities and stepping beyond what our box is, whether it might be as a Pakistani American, um, a South Asian American, recognizing that there are other Muslims who exist, and you know, specifically noting to the fact that the majority of Muslims in the U.S. are black. So what is the black Muslim experience where it's not just this election that is traumatizing, but the entire forced migration here and what that experience is like. So while many of us have woken up the day after 9-11 or the day after the election wondering we might be telling our children 
that is the experience of many folks on a daily existence here. Um, so in that sense, reaching out to communities that we're not a part of based off of our racial identity and seeing what we can do to support specifically movements that are doing this racial justice work that aligns with um, liberation and the liberation of one group, particularly of black folks, will lead to the liberation of Muslim folks as well. It's really encouraging us to step beyond just this idea that being politically active is the one thing we can do, but really being involved in your community and knowing your neighbors, specifically your Muslim community in this context, um, and how we can show up for one another. So not necessarily um, just processing our emotions of the election, but also how can we be active in supporting each other beyond, definitely not wearing a safety pin, but beyond that, acting on uh, the real violence that we're experiencing every day and have been experiencing before this election. You, have, you said you have a question? Yeah, go ahead, yeah, answer, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> um, I actually ha asked permission before speaking. I said, Hasna, can I talk? Um, no, actually, Susan wanted to speak directly to you um, because I connect with you on two levels. One, I'm normally the biggest optimist in the room. I'm normally the first person to pick myself back up. And this is the first time in my life, which I know hasn't been that long, but for however long it is, that I haven't been able to. And between the work that I do here and teaching empathy to high school students, I've had to kind of find a way to fake it. And, you know, because you don't go into a room of 150 kids and say, BT dubs, I don't want to get out of bed today, right? <laughs> you have to find something to say. But I will tell you, I grew up in an all-white community. I went to a pure white Christian high school. My, one of my best friends in the world right now is a teacher who is a blonde-haired woman who is working in Pasadena. And she's working with uh, at-risk youth. So she tells me these stories about these little kids who literally will play with her hair and say, I've never touched hair like this before. This is in Glendale, right? And she and I sit together and she says, tell me what to do. Because when I go into a room, all I'm aware of is my own whiteness. And I, and I don't know what to do. And to you, I just want to say, I, until this election, looked at every white person as an ally, not as an enemy. And even now, I, I still, that's my default. And so even though we can't control what people see when they look at us, we control what people hear when we speak. So you're right. Walking down the street, people may see one thing, but the minute you open your mouth, People know who you are and that you're an ally and what you stand for. And that, yeah, I think a lot of us are going to be really mad for a really long time. And I think we're going to have to find ways to cope and move forward on a daily basis. But I 100% agree with what, you know, our Hatipa was saying, that there is no time frame. I have no idea when I'm going to stop being this angry about this. Because especially for those of us here, I feel we're all trying to do something about it. So this is just kind of like, no, how dare you? You know, so there is an indignation. Um, that I think we have to just find ways to keep being productive while being indignant, I think, is, is that. So. I think that, I mean, for you, like I said, no, 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 no. I mean, I think for me personally, um, there's just so much pressure that sometimes you have to kind of bypass some of your emotions. And like I said, I mean, if you are able to take the time, take that time, because you don't want to go back and, and relapse. And so with the type of work that I do um, in the interfaith community, they're looking at me for leadership. And like you said, you know, you can't show up and be just like, you know, our world is ending. <laughs> Everyone go home. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go home. You go home. Lock your doors. 
So you, you, have to, you have to come up and you have to say, you know what, we're going to work together, we're going to bring change, and whatever I'm feeling inside personally, not only am I doing that for my community, I'm doing it for my kids, I'm doing it for my family, because they look to me as someone like, you know, what's going on? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be okay. And um, the honest truth is, I don't know if it's going to be okay, but we strive for it. We strive to make it okay. Um, it's not so much a question as, I don't know if this counts as an announcement, but it's more of an offer. Um, if any of you here need someone to uh, walk with them, go with them somewhere, um, just provide any kind of friendship, just let me know. Um, I'm more than willing to do that. Disclaimer, I am a white woman. Um, <laughs> another disclaimer, um, I also dress like this every day. You know, I'm also sort of a target, but... Um, <laughs> But no, but really, if you if you like need, I don't know, any just emotional support. Um, I went to divinity school as to become a chaplain, so I have experience with that kind of stuff. So yeah, just let me know. Um, sorry, I'm Anne. Um, hi. Um, yeah, just come up to me or like I don't know something. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. Assalamualaikum. How you guys doing? You feeling all right? I'm coming. I'm coming. Here I am. Um, I wanted to piggyback, piggyback, piggyback. Um, and to, uh, I appreciate, thank you for the kutba, uh, Farah, and what you had to say about taking your time. I think that's most important. Um, as a mental health professional, I'm going to speak from that lens, is to make sure that you are, taking your time, that you are owning and, and um, accepting of your feelings. Um, it is a pretty devastating thing that has occurred, in my opinion. Um, and so I think it's very important that we not rush ourselves, um, just really, again, echoing what you said. Um, and then if you need additional support to make sure that you are reaching out to each other, uh, make sure you are reaching out to um, professionals if, it is, if it's needed, um, and to especially uh, remind you and echo uh, Kenyatta's kupa that she did in June regarding the importance of self-care. What do you need to do to take care of yourself? What do you need to do to feel okay to get out of the bed in the morning? Because a lot of um, people, I feel, are trivializing the, the bigness of what has happened. Um, and that in of itself is and can be very insulting and disingenuous to how we feel. And so... Um, Again, acknowledge that. Take care of yourself. I cannot stress that enough. If you, um, you know, need to not be on Facebook because you're arguing with people every day, hello. Um, <laughs> right? Thank you. Um, and tempted to, uh, what is it, unfriend people that you've known since childhood. <laughs> um, hello. So um, go off of it. You know, do whatever you need to do um, to really, again, just please take care of yourselves and reach out to each other um, if that support is, is needed. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. To you. I, I didn't get your name. I'm glad to hear what you had to say because that means that you have it, you understand that human beings are to love one another no matter what the background is or whatever. We don't want you to go around in life trying to prove who you are to anybody. No one should have to do that. 
And the big deal is this. The majority of people in the world don't automatically just hate people because they're different. It's a small minority of people who do that. So we don't want you walking around every person of color you see, you have to say, I'm not like that. Don't say that. People, you, you would be, you would be. People know who you are by how you present yourself to them. And people can usually tell people the, how genuine they are. You don't even have to say anything. But if someone says, once you open your mouth and you say certain things, then we know who you are and we know to beware. So I just want to say that to you. And our God said in our holy book, the Quran, he says he made us differently so that we can know each other. Not for us to hate each other, so we can know each other. And that's what that's all about. So I just want to let you know, don't go around feeling what you, well, I, I can't tell you how to feel because we all, you know, we have the right to feel the way we feel. I just don't want you to feel that way. And we as people of color, Trump, when he won, I wasn't so shocked because I kind of felt it in my heart that he would win. And sometimes it can be a good thing when things happen that are kind of adverse to us because we don't know what Allah has planned. We as human beings are at a stage here in America. What's that play years ago? I'm mad as, <clears throat> and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's how you are now. So whatever he does in office, if it's anything that's against humanity, I, I don't think people are going to take it anymore. We're going to stand up. Because this is the first time in my life I witnessed anyone standing up the day after some, well, the night of someone's victory, getting in the streets and protesting. So that goes to show that we have changed our minds about a certain thing, and we're not going to stand for anyone walking over us. Then, too, as far as Trump is concerned, we don't know what Allah has planned for him. Because you can already see him kind of backtracking on some of his thoughts because he's been talking to people. And myself, personally, when I saw him win the victory, he came out. He was not happy. <laughs> he was not happy. Most presidents come out, he came out like, oh my God, what have I done? The world and the reality is on his shoulders now because all this was talked before. It's like another notch on his belt because he's accomplished so much in life. So now he has to stand before the people as a leader of millions of people. So you don't know, Allah might turn him all the way back around. Inshallah. I'll say, though, I'll admit that I've been giving everybody the side eye, but that's just my experience. If you're going to keep it real. So I really don't. Pardon? I just don't, I don't know really what. You can, listen, I'm sorry. I'm walking around here like I literally was sitting at a ramen noodle place with a friend, having a nice little conversation with these two little white boys. They had like nice little jeans on. I said, oh, your jeans are nice. And he complimented my friend's jacket. My friend's black. And um, he was like, oh, yeah, you have a nice watch. And I said, did you vote for Trump? <laughs> because I just need to go ahead and cut out all the extra fluffiness because really because if you like hate me on low like why are we even having a conversation right now <laughs> he goes oh I didn't vote see I was like yeah I know what that means so I'm just saying there's a way I'm suspicious so but that's me I'm also from Florida <laughs> okay yes yes it stays to be the problem state so I'm like um, how are you how are you? I love you. I love seeing you all the time. I'm Dylan. 
Assalamu alaikum, everyone. <laughs> My name is Crystal Keshwars, and I'm so glad to be here again. I wanted to share a few things with you, more like thoughts as opposed to questions. Um, on election day, I was hosting an election watch party, and there were some journalists who attended, and they wanted my opinion, etc. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm not happy with Hillary, but when she wins, etc., blah, blah, blah. You know, that was the entire vibe of the night until about 7.30. <laughs> and then it was like the horror was setting in, and it was like, you know what, Florida, I see you. There's a possibility. They're not calling you yet because you're still with us. And my, I, I remember that because you stopped Snapchatting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all social media just went on hiatus at that point. Um, and everybody was like, well, what about Florida? And I was like, well, this is how electoral math works. And I broke it down. They're like, how do you know? I'm like, I got my degree in political science. So I was trying to be their cheerleader. I was trying to lift them up, even though reality was bringing us terror, doom, and despair. Um, and so there was a point where I realized, OK, um, fascism has come. And I just sat in my seat, and I was completely despondent, and I didn't know at that moment how to be a leader anymore. At that moment, I was so inundated with, with grief and misunderstanding that I couldn't sort through my own thoughts. Um, and I had another community leader who was with me, thank goodness, who sat by my side and just kind of, you know, allowed me to feel that moment. And that's so important. You need to feel those moments. You need to go through them, sort through them, and live through it. And we need to realize that if the tree, which I will use a tree as a symbol of the United States, if a tree is not bearing fruit, there's a problem at the root. We need to understand what is happening here. And unfortunately, sometimes we get so stuck in our own oppression that we fail to realize what is the root of this. You know, we can't deny that this country was built on the genocide of Native Americans. We can't deny that this country was built on the enslavement of human beings who were brought across a continent in boats, in chains, and died on the way here, and then were enslaved for hundreds of years after. There are many scholars who have said that anti-blackness is the fulcrum of white supremacy. So everyone here needs to understand that this country will not move forward until we have truth and reconciliation about what has happened to people of color, whether they are Native American or African American. And once we do that, once we all come to a place of reconciliation and truth and healing, from that we can move forward. Because that's the root of all this hatred and all this fear and all this bigotry. I read an article the other day stating that, you know, um, white supremacists fear uh, revenge. You know? And it's like, people don't want revenge. People want reconciliation. They want their humanity reaffirmed. They don't want to be judged on their whiteness or their brownness or their blackness. They just want to be human beings. They just want to live their lives. Um, and so 
as we move forward and as we you know, have these solidarity movements and these vigils and we work the good work that needs to be done, let us bear in mind that we need to confront these issues. And when people ask you, why did this happen? You understand the history behind why it happened and you explain it to them properly. Um, and one final thing I wanted to say is that I have been trying to find inspiration from every nook and cranny so that I can go and do the work that I need to do. And I was listening to Roland Martin last night, and he is just so amazing. Um, one thing that he says that just like re-energizes me is that we will fight <laughs> until hell freezes over, and then we're gonna fight on the ice. <laughs> so um, let, us, let us fight internally with ourselves. Let us overcome the barriers inside that are preventing us from acting through divine love because that is the key to opening all the doors that have been slammed shut against us. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I need some tools or something because I'm ready. I got a taser or something. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum, everybody. So my perspective uh, came here when I was 20 years old, married. Um, and so when these elections happened, I'm from India originally, it was a double whammy for my husband and I. We looked at each other because we just couldn't believe that we're reliving this again. Because a few years back, we found out that Modi got elected, you know, in India. So that was a bad dream barely kind of got out of that because he was the, you know, the mass murderer that butchered all of us, half of Gujarat, right, Shera? Um, so, you know, uh, got over that and now this. So I don't know how long this will take, but just growing up in India, you know, the British, of course, divided us very nicely. It's always, oh, sorry, divide and conquer. So they did that nicely um, by saying, you know, you can't exist without us, um, uh, so why don't you just divide? So then, of course, we have India and Pakistan. Somebody is running to Pakistan, somebody is running back to India. So I grew up always, and I came from a, a, a very metropolis, uh, cosmopolitan, um, you know, um, uh, a city called Bombay. And so it was interesting because I, I had all kinds of friends. I had Hindus and Muslims, and of course I'm Muslim myself, but you know, we would do everything together. And then slowly you saw, you know, as soon as India and Pakistan became two different countries, I would start hearing like, oh, wow, so why did you stay back? And I was like, oh, my parents did. And I was like, well, why do you ask? Well, because this is a Hindu country, so you should be going to Pakistan. And I, was, and I would tell them, well, not really, because we are the second largest religion in India. So it's, it's Hindus, and then it's Muslims. So that's what I grew up, you know, having to listen to, having to deal with, always trying to sort of mingle and mix and make my way and say, look, you know, we're working with you. Yes, you discriminate, but that's okay, you know. We'll, we'll work with you so that we're not blamed, that we're taking, we're taking you back to Pakistan or, you know, Pakistan's going to come and invade us. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous the fear-mongering and hate-mongering that goes along because they, they get what they want. And why is that? Because we allow it. Because as Indian Muslims, we're like, oh my God, if we don't behave, which we do, we'll be sent to Pakistan. 
and then and then what's going to happen and this whole indian currency thing that's happening there's this whole bias that pakistan se paise aare no not really it's not coming from pakistan you see so the whole issue is this that for my husband and i to get over modi we you know we barely did and now we have you know i can't even take his name uh, sorry <laughs> So it's like okay we have to relive this again and when we left India we didn't leave under turmoil we weren't seeking rep you know we weren't seeking we came we came here we did our due diligence we brought up our children here my kids have worked very hard for what they do they've given back to this country but then when i see america having poverty i'm like well you're a superpower we shouldn't be having this we shouldn't be having this and this shouldn't be happening here we're not a third world country so now i look at america not as a superpower i look at america one notch back a third world country with a lot of things that it needs to do to improve and i'm willing to do that and i'm definitely not leaving and going back cuz i have to deal with modi so <laughs> so it's a nightmare one way or the other i don't know if you guys heard but the canadian immigration site had gone down Yeah, it crashed. Ain't nobody going anywhere. Yeah, they oh, okay. oh, yeah, and then okay. All right. Here you go. Sorry. Assalamualaikum. Um my question is for Farah. I wanted to ask you um how we can deal with uh friends that we might have thought as allies. But you know, we've come to find out that they're not. Those those kind of friends were coming out of the woodwork. And you know, you're kind of in for me it was kind of shocking cuz Some of the people that were coming out were people that I had been dealing with in the interfaith society. So you know they're always like, "Oh, we need to dialogue, we need to work together." And then all of a sudden they're like, "You know, you guys need to get over this and it's going to be okay." And you're like, "What? Wait a minute." You know, and then um, "Oh, I voted for him, for, you know, to help you guys out." And we're like, "What? How are you helping me out? Can you explain it because I don't get it?" And it it's it's rough. It's rough, but then that's where we are. we're li- living amongst people that have views um and and they just don't understand i mean f- to make myself feel better i just say maybe it's just their ignorance um they don't get it but at the same time i i fear if if um it's actually like a hidden bias hatred whatever's going on in their heads um it's kind of scary cuz then i can't have an open dialogue or communication with these people because i don't even know who they are so the whole time i'm constantly while they're speaking to me i'm thinking something's wrong inside of you and i really don't want to see you right now but i'm going to be cordial because i'm the better person but whatever you're throwing at me right now it's not okay and so this is something that we're and again we don't know this might be a good thing for us to see who our real friends are because before we didn't know And sometimes when you're visibly aware of who people are, you're able to react and um change things. I mean, I like who mentioned like dropping friends on Facebook. I was dropping them like this. <laughs> It's like unfriend, unfriend, unfriend. Yeah, because really, I mean, with all the emotions going on, I don't need you to respond back on my comments and say, you know, you're overreacting. It's like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean so it's it's um I don't have an answer for it but all I know is that we're all in this together 
And maybe it's a good thing that we're able to identify who's really our friend and who's not. And when we find that real friend, we need to hold on to them and build that allianceship. Because right now, moving forward, we need to count on each and every ally. Everybody's getting the side eye, like I said. So <laughs> I'm looking at you, and if you, I'll come to you next. And if I, I just want to know what's on the inside of that happy shirt, because it doesn't say happy on the inside. <laughs> I am. He's like, you say it. Someone was telling me if you write, like, happy on a glass of water, a bottle of water. Did you hear about that? And you know. Very happy on a bottle of water, you'll drink it and like feel happier. So I don't know. Actually, Amy has something to share with us. Um, well, there's two things that I want to talk about. One thing was triggered by what Hannah said and your response is. Um, my supervisor, he is a white male. Um, but the best guy you'd ever meet in your life. He didn't vote for Trump. But we were talking about um, the aftermath, and I mentioned, you know, you know, I, we were so sad and we were crying, and he's like, you know, most people aren't really that bad. And I put it in the light of the fact that our president can act this way and speak in the manner that he speaks, and there were no repercussions for him, yeah. gives everybody that feels the way he feels the go-ahead, and that's exactly what has happened. The day after we've heard cr hate crimes, you know, um, just reading Facebook feed, it, that's all it was, this person, this person, this person. And when I told him that, he stepped back and he's like, I didn't see it that way. He, and I said to him, it's because you are a white male and have never had to deal with any of this. And he said, honestly, if you, if you did not say that to me, I would not have looked at it from that perspective. So even though we may see somebody th telling us it's going to be okay, it'll, it, everybody's not bad, we do need to speak out and give them our perspective because I think it'll shed some light for them um, to understand where we're, what, we're, what our fears are. The second thing is, I mean... This is m me coming across, and my initial reaction was, I need to learn self-defense, and I need to protect myself and my children. So I don't, I don't think, especially with what's been happening, most people that are being targeted from are women. Uh, it is Muslim women. No, and not only that. Like the things I've heard about Muslim women, it's like four men attacking a Muslim woman, two men, and it's like they're cowards. They are cowards, and we have to, no matter what it is, it's not being feeble, it's not being, um, you know, reactionary. You just have to step up, get, go out, get pepper spray, go out, get tasers, learn self-defense, because we, we as the women already trying to do something in the world are out there every day, and you don't know who will come up to you. And I'm not trying to instill fear. I'm saying be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, just keep it real. I'll do, I'll do my job. All right. Salam how you doing? <laughs> okay, Salam alaikum. Uh, my name is Sophia. And so I wanted to thank the Khatipab for reminding us that it's a good idea if we could take uh, positions in leadership. I think that's really wise advice. Um, it, 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 it's 
challenge, but I think it's very wise advice because I think that what happened with the election is uh, there's a lot about race. I mean, that's just obvious, right? But there's also a lot going on about gender, okay? And so the so-called alt-right, I just call them white supremacists, they, um, one of the things that they're mad about is that women have, ha have begun to take positions of power and they want to they want to reorder the world back into a patriarchal uh, world where they think, you know, America will be great again, right? So, uh, in fact, they use words like uh, crybaby. We were talking about this on the drive up. They call, uh, you know, like people that are complaining about the election, that they, they were crybabies or, or wimps or wusses, all of these derogatory terms that are really gendered. These are gendered terms. It means acting like a woman. So if you're acting like a woman, you are somehow bad and inferior, etc. And uh, they, they, I mean, this group really believes in using, you know, ag aggression to get to, to, again, to make America great again. So I think we have to really take these positions of power because women do have different leadership um, skills that they bring to the table. Oftentimes we are more collaborative and less aggressive. And I think we have to value ourselves when we're trying to meet that challenge of taking a position of power. Uh, so there's so many messages that uh, at us that would say we are less than or we cannot somehow do this or we're not qualified. I mean, if Bush, if, if not Bush, if uh, Trump is qualified, we're qualified. Uh, I mean, we're qualified, okay? <laughs> we're qualified. And <laughs> And we need to do it. We need to do it for the younger women that are watching us. Uh, yeah, we need to be an army of women that, that feel qualified. We need to just be, we should put word, I'm qualified on our water bottles. <laughs> Happy and I'm qualified on your water bottle. Try it, it works. Everybody just fake a smile right now. Just hold it down. So basically, when you. It's, there's this common saying that you don't have to ask a man twice to run for office, but when you ask a woman to run, she comes up with like 10,000 excuses not to run. That's right. So in politics, if someone is reaching out to you and saying you should run, don't even have a second thought about it. Do it. I wasn't going to speak. I've been quiet for like three days, so it's time for me to talk a little bit. Um, I want to thank you, Far. We know each other in between from other folks, but Asalaamu Alaikum, good to see you. Uh, I want to say that the sentiment that's here today, I want to say thank you all for sharing that. It took power to even share that. Um, and all of you have power in your individual spaces, of course, but I'm so grateful that we have this space where we can you know, exert our power, you know, in a sense. Just having this circle is power. So, and I'm glad Camila had alluded to the self-care. I had just was sitting there, and then when she said, yeah, can y'all do the cookbook? I was like, yeah, we, we do need to talk about self-care. So um, I've been really expressing that in a lot of spaces about self-care and meditative, okay? Getting somewhere and getting still, Okay, and just literally taking your time, taking your time when you have to do your everyday occurrences, whether it's work, whether it's tending to your children, whatever is going on. And then also with the self-defense, too. I was walking around showing people my husband before all this happened, bought me, as you know, I'm bedazzled, I like little shiny things, right? He brought this home, it cost $5, this mace. Okay, and I carried mace for many, many years, and just one day I looked up and didn't have it. And not to say that you ever would have to do this, but this is like 
a deterrent for people to even approach you. If you have this in your hand and you have it just, I'm not going to spread it, but just have it <laughs> sitting out, ready to go, but in a sense, right, colloquialism, um, people will see that as, oh, that's not the one to mess with. You get what I'm saying? So especially for women who are outwardly, like I cover outwardly, right, we need to be very vigilant in that. And if you look of a, of, of a different race, right, or, you know, because if you're not walking around as a white male at this point, basically they don't want you around. So a couple of things, and I'll wrap this up because I know we do have a timeline. When you think about um, this country, white women could not vote in this country until 19, the 1920s, and they had to fight, and women died for the women's suffrage, okay? So when you think, okay, so um, when you think about, um, um, my, her, her name is escaping me at this moment, but um, the many people that died for the women's suffrage, those people got to get on coins later on, right? hundred years later, right? But if you think about it, if we look at just historically how people have been treated, we should not be very shocked right now, okay? Um, I was with Crystal with the MPV, and we did Islam versus ISIS. There's a guy who wrote a book about Islam versus ISIS, and I had to really speak about, yeah, we're concerned about ISIS, which is 1% of the Muslim population, right? But you think about just hatred as a whole, Okay, the terrorism that has happened in this country to African Americans and indigenous people, that has continued to go on. I mean, we're thinking about Standing Rock. We're thinking about the mass incarceration of people. We're thinking about black men and black women being shoot, shot down in the street and Brown Brothers. So I'm not trying to say this to scare you. What I'm saying is, is a, as a reality, be conscious, right? Be vigilant, be understanding, talking to your children. Okay, in a way that they can understand, not walking around where they don't want to step out the house, but be, have them be very conscious of who they are as in their bodies. And the last thing I'm going to say is that I teach child development, and I'll tell you this. Children learn racism. They learn isms. They don't know isms. If you put a child who has never been taught an ism with another person who looks completely different from them, they'll find something. They'll go, oh, that's pretty. I like the sparkle on you, right? They don't know. We're teaching them this. So we also have to be careful in our vigilance of not wanting to show hate in our community. We have to be very conscious that we're not showing it to our children. Because when we say those statements like, oh, white people hate us, right? Then your children will start thinking these things as well. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. We take our last comment. Did you want to ask her? Sorry. Last one. We're wrapping it up. Assalamu alaikum. Sorry. I was going to ask a quick question to Farah. I really commend you, mashallah, for running for city council. That's so amazing. And just hearing a little bit more about your schedule, um, my question to you was, during your run, uh, personally, did you see that you faced any gender bias or discrimination in regards to your religion or anything like that? No. And um, The reason I mentioned the smear campaign, what was sad was, it was another Muslim woman running against me, and she put out the smear campaign calling me that I, telling me that I had ties with terrorists, ties with CARE, and I'm like, I'm proud to have ties with CARE. Um, you know, that I was anti-Israel, and Republicans that were running against me started calling me and saying, you know that's not us. We're really sorry you're f dealing with this. It's not us. And so, um, and, and you know, the faith community stepped in. I had five different rabbis call out and put out statements saying, we know her, that's not her, you know, whoever's putting this out, this is wrong. 
And um, we actually hired someone to find out who put it out, and we found out. But we, I never called her out in was public. It, was it Olivia Pope? No. No, and throughout the campaign, we made sure that we kept it positive. And so even though we responded to it and we had other people responding to it, I myself never said she did it because that's not who I am. And I didn't want to bring her down that way. So I hope that that was a lesson for her to see that, you know, however she behaved, I didn't stoop to that level because I had more respect for her than she did for me. And that's how change happens. So when you're out there and you're, you're struggling and you're fighting, you have to realize that nothing is worth bringing someone else down. And if I'm going to win, I'm going to win because of the good I put out there, not because I'm breaking everyone down. That's not the way. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up right now. Hasna's going to do, um, I think, do us, right? That's supposed to happen? Okay. And so it's fine. Sorry to call her out. Um, but before we do that, just... Let's try to be positive and be grateful. The one beautiful thing, I know I keep talking, I'm sorry, we're going to wrap this up, is that one tiny silver lining is, one, we have been exposed for what we are as America, because I think there's been a lot of denial and some people have been unaware. So it's a very good wake-up call. And Farah did um, quoted from the Quran. Uh, is it right? From the Quran about people can't change themselves, so they change themselves. You know that one. Um, that was paraphrase. It was horrible. But... Um, the condition of people never won't change till they change themselves. So that's true. And then also, we live in America where at least we can speak out and go to Facebook and protest in the streets because there are places where they'll get you shot in the face. So let's be grateful. Um, let's end the Q&A circle with hugs to your sisters left and right, salams, and then we'll... Because we're here, we're alive, and we're with each other. Salam all right, now, inshallah, for the du'a. Uh, before we start the du'a, um, Sister Noor Malika Christie has uh, offered this shirt for anyone who would like to. It seems very intricate. I like, though, you don't know how to really wear it. Um, so please just come and find me if you have a loved one you'd like to give it to or if you'd like to give it to your loved oneself. Um, okay, and with that, uh, let's begin the doa. Uh, after I do this, um, if anyone else would like to add their own doa, feel free to do so. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of God, the most gracious, the most merciful, we come together today to um, ask for your guidance and your light and uh, to bring us closer together to continue to teach us how to fight injustice and tolerance and bigotry, and to let our light shine in however way you see that in this life and the next. We ask for your prayers specifically for a few of our humanity and loved ones today. Uh, first of all, we would like to thank all of those who made the uh, for uh, Kenyatta's nephew. He had a successful deviated septum surgery yesterday. Uh, so thank you for all of your du'as, and please continue to keep him and his family in your du'as. We ask for um, that you pray for our volunteer videographer, Shireen, who um, unfortunately today was unable to make it due to having to go to the hospital um, for her continued condition. So please continue to keep her in your du'as. 
We ask that you also uh, pray for our volunteer editor who uh, recently suffered some health conditions that sent her to the hospital for a week as well. Um, she's in her mid-20s, so please keep her in your du'as. And we ask that you pray for uh, Susan's friend, Amy, who is currently undergoing chemotherapy for breast cancer. Uh, may she be strong and well for her family. At this time, if anyone else would like to add the laws, please do so. In the name of God, the most gracious, the most merciful, the most compassionate. All praise is due to God alone, the sustainer of all the worlds. Lord of the day of judgment, you alone do we worship, and to you alone do we turn for help. Guide us to the straight path, the path of those upon whom you have bestowed your blessings, not of those who have been condemned, nor of those who go astray. Amen. <laughs> 